Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. You know God's anointing is upon this place. His presence is upon this place. This is a very special group of people. This is a very um, unique, anointed church. It's something that God has predestined that he would move amongst this people. Do you understand the greatness of the anointing on you? Do you understand the greatness and the weight of the glory of God that is currently upon you? You are not like everybody else. You are not like the crowd. This church is not like every other church. This church has been anointed for a unique purpose and a unique season to see a unique harvest. And this morning as we come around Vision Sunday, what I ask of everybody who is here with open hearts is simply to say, Holy Spirit, what part can I play? This year um, is 20 years of pastoring for myself. When I was 19, I became youth pastor. I went from youth pastor to an executive pastor role, an exec pastor role to a senior pastor role. And 20 years, I'm 39 at the moment. I'm turning 40 this year, later in the year. So I'm holding on to my 30s, just. And I was speaking to a pastor friend this week and he brought it up. He said, you know, we've been doing this for 20 years. I said, really? That's, yeah, I know. That's been quite a stint. But we've seen God do some incredible things in those 20 years. And the thing is about looking back at those types of big seasons and big moments of time is that it's easy to think, well, 20 years, I've seen it all. (laughs) I've seen all these different things. But what happens if God is actually saying to you and I that the next 20 years will be greater than the latter, uh, the former years? What if the anointing on this church and God's purposes and plans over this house make what has been look like a taste test? I think as Aussies, we have to be very, very careful that we don't become familiar and comfortable. I think that we live in this realm of comfortableness. Um, We have challenges as Aussies, but compared to a lot of the world, we don't have many challenges. And when it comes to the church, we have to understand that we are extremely blessed with extreme resources to do extreme things for God. (laughs) and as someone who has been in church literally my whole life I was just in the office there with with my newborn son and I was looking at him and I thought this is your first Sunday in church at three weeks old and I thought that's what I was like at three weeks old and there's other people in the room and that's your experience as well by the way just heads up that There is a thing called the senior pastor shuffle 
when you have a baby, which is I will shuffle out and my wife will shuffle in and then she will shuffle out and I will shuffle in depending on what the newborn needs. So just have a little bit of grace. We want to be around, but um, our goal is that one of us is in the room uh, at any given time. But if you don't see us, it's because we're trying to settle a little baby, which I know you guys understand. When it comes to the anointing of God, and it does sound like I have a bit of a serious tone this morning, and I actually don't in my spirit, but I do see the seriousness of saying yes to what God has. We have to start with the vision of what God is actually saying to our church. It's a vision that hasn't changed for many years, but it's a vision that God keeps reminding us about. In Matthew chapter 5, and this isn't in the notes, Chloe, so I'll just read this. But Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, it says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they might see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So here's the question. What is the light that Celebration Church carries that is so powerful that it can be on a hill for the city to see? Another question. Does the city care about the light of Celebration Church? We can think we're relevant, but are we? We can think we're important, but really are we? In our city right now, how many people are thinking, I need to know Christ, I need to be in a local church worshipping Jesus with community? How many people are seeking after the heart of God? And if the answer is probably not too many or as many as we would like, then we actually have to ask ourselves this question. How are we going shining our light? The Holy Spirit's been taking me on this journey and it started at a conference in October last year. And I was at this conference and I felt myself feeling lost. It was a Christian conference, it was a pastor's conference and I felt myself praying the prayers of, Lord, what is it that I bring? What is it that I carry? And in the noise of a thousand pastors, I don't know where I fit. Has anyone ever been in those seasons? And I felt the Holy Spirit take me on this journey of really, um, harsh is the wrong word, but intentional uh, self-discovery. Why, Beniah, are you insecure? Why right now do you not know where you stand when it comes to who you are? Why is it that you're comparing yourself to others when it comes to what you carry? And I had this couple of days in particular of really deep repentance. Because whenever we get insecure, it's because we're putting our faith in something other than him. And whenever we lose sight of what we carry and the authority of that, it's because we are comparing ourselves to others, which is actually pride. And so I went down this journey of, Holy Spirit, please help me. I want to be whole. I want to be free. 
I don't want any insecurity, any fear, any brokenness in my life anymore. Please come and reveal the reasons why. And I just felt him dismantle me and then put me back together. And I came to the conclusion of this. Benaiah, you carry something of greatness in the kingdom. It doesn't matter if it's recognised or not. What matters is, is that you wash people's feet. That you take whatever it is that God has placed in you and on you and you look for people's feet to wash. In other words, you do whatever you can to serve others with what I've placed within you. It completely changed my thinking. It's a very simple revelation, but it was freeing. And I found myself going forward with the attitude of, I don't need to be recognised, I don't need to be acknowledged, I don't need to be seen, I don't need to lead a revival, I just want to be in the room. (laughs) Big difference. I don't need to be on a stage, I just want to be on the door. And what happened was, from the very moment of that repentance and realignment and, and humility, doors started opening up to me. People started asking for the prophetic gift of my life. People started inquiring, people started recognising, things started coming to fruition, but I had to get to a place of humility once again and so I've been on this journey of saying Holy Spirit and my wife will tell you this I I pray this regularly teach me to be a student of your presence teach me to be a student of hosting you I need to learn how you walk I need to learn how you speak I need to learn how you think I need to know you more because I don't want to be full of myself anymore I want to be full of you Holy Spirit now you think that would be the prayer of a new Christian and it will be but that's the prayer of a 39 year old who's been a Christian since he was four who's been a preacher for 20 years now literally preaching for 20 years Lord I need you to help me as a student to learn how to host your presence and I will step into the authority and the convictions of the things I know I carry but at the same time open my ears to your voice and open my eyes to your works that you might use me to see something significant for your kingdom can I hear an amen and so there is this new love that I found for humbling myself. How weird does that sound? Like Moses wrote about himself, he was the most humble man on the earth. It doesn't really make sense in some ways. But in my spirit, that's how I feel of, Lord, I don't know everything. I don't need to know everything, but I need you to teach me afresh. I want to learn to let the light shine in me so brightly that the people would see it and give glory to our Father in heaven. And I want our church community to understand what is on them is so significant and we take it so seriously 
that the city will look and say, look at what God is doing in South Nara. That they would even care because of the transformation, transforming presence of a living God. It's easy for churches to be full of Christian clubs. It's easy for us to be comfortable and just to look after each other and that is actually a holy thing. But there is something special about a church that says we are going to let our light shine so bright on a hill that the world will look and say our Father in heaven must be real. And this is the vision that the Holy Spirit this morning, I believe, is wanting to say. Do you understand the weight of the glory of God upon you? Do you understand that this church is more than a few hundred good, uh, good-hearted people who enjoy some icebox on a hot Sunday? Do you understand that you have lit rivers of living water and it's more than just a great catchphrase. You have rivers of living water that when that living water touches things, it brings life, supernatural life. As a pastor and as a leader, we spend so much time trying to help people through their seasons and it's an honour. But often, if the Holy Spirit would only be the one given the preeminence, let him speak to that person more. Let him counsel that person more. Let him comfort that person more. Holy Spirit, help us get out of the way so that you might be the one who leads this church and you might be the one who sets your people on fire. Here's a question I have for you. Do you know any other church in our nation right now that is known for an outpouring of revival right now. And if you do, come and tell me after service because I'm going to go there and I'm gonna, I'll take you with me if you want. I'm hungry. Hungry, hungry hippo, I'm hungry. You see, Australia prophetically is like a tinderbox ready to be set ablaze. America's had revivals. South America, China, Asia, European countries. But when will Australia become the great Southland of the Holy Spirit? And I don't believe it's a matter of praying more, 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 although we should pray for more. I think it's a matter of saying yes. I think God has spoken. You know the, the, uh, the, the parable, um, and you would have heard this uh, parable, this example, of the person who is stuck in floodwaters and it's a father and son and the, and the father's there praying and the son's there praying and then a, a rescue boat goes past to pick them up and the father says, no, no, son, we're going to wait for God. And the son's like, okay. They go back to praying, the flood's getting higher. A, a, a helicopter comes to rescue them. And the son says, look, Dad, we're getting rescued. He says, no, 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 we're waiting for God. And then the floodwaters keep rising. And ultimately, they don't make it. They get to heaven and God says, and the man says, why didn't you rescue us? And God says, I sent you the boats. I sent you the helicopter. I sent you 
the word of God. I sent you the prophet. I sent you the prophetic inclination. I sent you the revelation. And you kept saying, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. (coughs) And I think that when it comes to our nation, yes, we have to ramp prayer up, and as a church we're going to do that. But we have to understand that it's more a prayer of God on earth as it is in heaven than God, we're just going to wait to see you do something. It's more of a prayer of God, help us realize the authority we carry. Help us understand the anointing and to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit that is currently on our church and on you as a Christian. Don't go to your grave praying for maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow. What if revival is in your hand today? And I actually think it is. So we have this amazing opportunity this morning to draw closer. This is the prophetic word we felt for this year for our church. To draw closer in everything we do. James 4, 8, draw near to him and he will draw near to you. That in everything we do, that we cause others to draw closer. That his presence will become the preeminent, mighty uh, being in the midst of this house that our Sundays will be so full of God's presence that people would struggle to get from their car to the auditorium because God hits them with his presence that people driving past our street will see the signs and get touched by the Holy Spirit because his presence is so strong This is the anointing of God upon this house. That people would come, that they would travel firstly across the town and secondly across the city, the state and beyond to come and sit in an atmosphere of the supernatural presence of God. And you know this does exist. Charlie and I have experienced this. In recent years, we experienced this especially in a place called Bethel over in California. We're just sitting on the property. Miracles start happening. (laughs) Just sitting in the courtyard. People are getting healed emotionally, spiritually, physically. The anointing of God is so strong. Buildings are too small because people are so hungry for a fresh touch. But would we have the courage and the hunger in our own hearts to say, Lord, that that be our church. Would we humble our hearts and say, Holy Spirit, we don't know how to manufacture that. And that's a good thing. So please teach us how to host that. Teach us how to cultivate the presence of God in in our lives in such a way that the overflow of living water touches people. That Peter's shadow touches people as he walks past and they get healed. It's the overflow of the presence of God. May the Holy Spirit move us beyond comfort, beyond emotion, beyond whether you like the preaching or the person at the front or the leadership style or the singing or all that stuff is so fickle. It's petty. It means nothing. What matters is 
the holy presence of God. What matters is our city meeting Christ Jesus every single day and every week in our church being a conduit, a, a, a reciprocal of the presence and the anointing of the rivers of God. I honestly believe that if Christ Jesus himself stood up here to speak, he would speak this very message. I think he would urge us to step into the fullness of heaven touching earth. But I think he would encourage us all that the key to this, and this is the big key this morning, is to pursue personal revival. And my prayer for you this year and I think it's the key for us to see a move of God in this church, is that we say yes to the invitation to pursue a personal revival. A heart revival. A revival of your spirit and your heart and your mind that you in your own secret place would encounter God in such a way that it's hard to explain. It's okay to get messy. It's okay sometimes to not be able to explain the things of the Spirit because it's so wonderful. And I believe the Holy Spirit this morning is saying, Celebration Church, the vision is clear. I want this place to be a mighty, mighty river. I want it to be a place of healing, breakthrough, uh, dreams restored, marriages restored, people encountering the supernatural presence of God. But it starts with a personal revival. Growing up, I, I'm a revival kid. I grew up going to, uh, going to different uh, prayer meetings and they were powerful. But half the time, I knew that I lacked power because in my own heart, it wasn't lining up with my public prayer. Because we can start prayer meetings for revival. We should. We should have more prayer meetings this year. But do you understand that the power is in your secret place? Psalm 91 verse 1 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. We must take personal responsibility in this pursuit of personal revival. We must become students of hosting His presence. Now, you've got to understand, as your pastor, my history a little bit. My history is this. I grew up as a pastor's kid. I grew up blessed as a pastor's kid. My dad, when I was 8, 9, 10, would take me to revival meetings around the state. This is how we bonded. This is father and son bonding time. We didn't go see a movie. We went to revival meetings. We would go and we'd have people like David Cartledge, if you remember people like him, if you've been around... Pentecostal circles, David Cartledge, different guys, and he would bring me into meetings and I would fill my pockets with tissues because I knew the Holy Spirit was going to hit me really hard in a good way. And I would sit in the middle of a room and nine times out of ten, the preacher would stop and would prophesy over me. And my introverted side was always embarrassed, but my spirit would just explode with his presence. And in the times when he wouldn't do it, my dad would afterwards take me up to the preacher and say, hey, can you pray for my son? 
often because I was too shy to do it on my own. When I was in my 10, 11, 12, 13 years, I would stay in my room for hours listening to On Eagle's Wings and a bunch of other worship on, on cassette tape, which you would have to turn over and all the young people have no idea probably what I'm saying. That's how old I am. And I would read for hours and hours about revivals. My favourite book of all time is called Flashpoints of Revival. And it was just a book full of two, three pages dedicated to the different revivals of history. And I would dream with God. As a little 12-year-old, I would dream with God. I would dream and I would pray and I would cry out to God. And when my mates were out BMXing, I was often in my room praying. I was that weird kid. And I know it sounds weird, and it probably was. Because the Lord laid a hold of my life. In year eight or year nine, and I was in the youth ministry here, which was uh, Pastor Paul and Michelle Green with the uh, youth pastoring. And they got a speaker in, and the Holy Spirit spoke powerfully that night about being on fire for God. And I was sitting over there on the wall. I remember the exact spot in this room against those bricks behind where Tony is, right there. And I had this moment, which I'm having today in this service, of, Lord, set me on fire for you. I don't know what it means. I don't know how to do it, but I know it's the right thing. And I prayed it, and I prayed it, and I prayed it every day that I remembered, I prayed it. And then one day the Holy Spirit came through our youth ministry a guy called Darren McMahon was speaking. He had high school programs that he was running. And the Holy Spirit just lit me up. And we went in and we started a program in our high school. We saw a move of the Holy Spirit. I'd, I'd sit there in a classroom at lunchtime. We would get the kids in by playing games for chocolate. That would bring the kids in. And then we'd make them sit down. By the way, I was a kid too. Year 8, preaching to year 10s. And I'd preach at them about do you know Jesus or not? And every week we saw salvations. I was in year eight. But the Holy Spirit was doing something. And you fast forward, you know, our church saw Toronto in 1994. We saw Pensacola in 1996. I married an amazing lady. <laughs> fast forward, oh, we saw a youth revival. You know, we saw a youth revival here. We started three campuses out of this church. We had 300 plus youth regularly. Got to a place where we were starting youth outreaches to start churches for adults. It's all the grace of God. It's all the grace of God. It's all the anointing of God. I married an amazing woman. We go to Bethel Church over in America and the Holy Spirit continues to remind us about the wells of revival. Wells that are deep within us. And we get to 2024. We get to Sunday, Vision Sunday, and I think, Lord, the vision is the same. 
I can give you a bunch of practical things and we can do that. But I still don't know if we've caught the actual vision of what God's been saying. Which is that we would be a church that is so on fire for God that people would run to be here. But I had this revelation because I got so frustrated in myself. I'd go to places like Bethel and they're a church of 12,000 people in a town of whatever, not many. But the presence of God was so strong there and I'm like, God, how do we do this? I don't know how to produce that. And I get so frustrated at God and myself. I'm a senior pastor. I should know. I should have the blueprint. I, we're, we're, there's no book written about like one plus one equals two on revival. They're all... And the Holy Spirit just says, you know what? Invite them into a place of personal revival. Invite the people into a place of your own heart your own life. And so mine and, and, and Pastor Charlie's prayer for you this year is this, is that you would have a year of personal revival. And even if you think you know what that means, I pray that God reinvents it for you. That you would encounter the fire of revival in your life and in your heart in a way that you never have before. And the byproduct is that it will overflow into our church community. The byproduct is that it will overflow into our city. The byproduct is that it will overflow into the miners in Port Kembla. What a great history we have as a region. What a great, um, the forefathers that went before us. 15% getting saved. Well, in the Shalhaven, that's 15,000 people across the Shalhaven at least. Why? Not because of our great personalities or because of our great preaching or great worship leading or great whatever, but because we've made room to say, Holy Spirit, teach us to host your presence well. <coughs> and we humble our hearts. And this morning we're going to do this together. We humble our hearts and we say, we commit to being students of your presence. And the things we think we know, we lay down. And the things we don't yet know, we ask you to teach us. And we say, Lord, be the preeminent number one. Let's be a people who are marked by this humility. Great humility comes from great intimacy. And, you know, it never made sense to me growing up. You know, I'm a very observant uh, person when I was a young person in particular. Um, I, I was, my mum would tell you, even as a baby, I'd be watching I'm one of those kids that you're observant. Anyone like that? You're more of an observant person. Never made sense to me in, in church. Often the most spiritually sounding people were often the most bitter. Anyone ever notice that sometimes? The most spiritually sounding Christians are the ones that often would have the most issues with others or cause church dramas or be negative or never disciple somebody or never serve or never actually set an example for the next generation. And it used to confuse me because I never understood. I thought the more you know God, the more sweet you should be. The more you know God, the more humble we become. 
This is a really big key. This is huge. I, I, I'm, I'm, I've seen too much now. People's spiritual words don't trick me anymore. I look for things like humility. I look for things like teachability. I look for things like a sweetness of the spirit. <laughs> and I look for things like hunger. Because the more you get close to God, the more hungry you get. Do you know that? It's funny, the older we get, the more we think we know, and then the more we think we know, the less teachable we often become. Or the younger we get, the more we don't know, but we think we know. Yeah. So we're trying to prove that we know things we don't know, but we think we do, and therefore get less teachable as well. Yeah. It's all very confusing. The key, though, is that the more we know the heart of God, the more teachable we become. The more student-like we become, the more humble we become. It is hard to walk with God in closeness and still be bitter. Amen? It's hard to walk with him in intimacy and still be angry, still be unforgiving, still have attitudes, still, still, you know, not have unity. Therefore, we have to come before God as students with a fresh heart and say, Lord, teach me your ways that I might walk with you. That's what the psalmist said, amen? Is this okay? Like, you're doing really well. I know it's hot, but you're doing well. But let's just catch what the Spirit is saying to the church. We have to remember that great humility creates great heights in God's kingdom. The more humble you are, the more promoted you become. Jesus said, to be the greatest of all, you must what? You must be the servant of all. So coming back to what Charlie and I, the journey we've been on, we believe we carry a prophetic voice for our nation. We believe we carry a, a, a apostolic call in our life. We believe there is a financial call, an innovative call in us. We believe we carry a fathering and, and, and mothering type call. And we got to a place where we're like, Lord, how can we proactively serve and wash people's feet when it comes to these things? I am not going to wait to be asked anymore. I'm just going to start to wash people's feet. Speaking beyond this church, by the way, because I wash your feet all the time. So what happens was we went, let's start to prophesy over people without them even asking. <laughs> So for fun now, Charlie and I regularly write to people and prophesy the things of God over them. And we bless them. We do it because that is something we carry, therefore we need to wash someone's feet with that. Church, what do you carry? And how are you washing people's feet with that? It's not just for the pastors. It's for everybody. And so when we humble ourselves and we come before God and we're going to come to a finish soon, and we say, Lord, at Celebration Church, what is it that we carry collectively? And then we say, Lord, we humble ourselves in this and we say yes and amen and we wash people's feet with the anointing of the house. That's when we start to see breakthrough occur. The anointing on Celebration Church is really simple. 
it is to be a well of fire for the nations. Can I hear an amen? This is bigger than what we know. In Holy Spirit, I just, I just humbly ask that you would let us catch this. Burn away, burn away any familiar type of thinking. We don't know the greatness. Help us know it. Of the call of God upon this place and the anointing of God upon this place. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And so we come before the Holy Spirit and we say, Holy Spirit, I humble myself as a senior pastor of this church. I say, this church, we humble ourselves. Raise us up to new heights in you. Cause us to be on fire for you, that the nation would come and see the light that is shining on the hill, that people would go out of their way to be here, to encounter the presence and the anointing of God that would be more than a Christian club, would be more than just a group of like-minded, nice people, but instead would be a revival force on the earth. Let us go beyond just the natural. Let us go beyond just what we see. Let us go beyond a hot room in South Nara. Let us see the multitude you want to send in. Let us see the broken families that you want to restore. Let us see the pastors who are about to give up, who you want to restore and heal their families and give them fresh dreams and fresh vision. Lord, those who are broken and hurting, send them in and teach us as your people to humble our hearts and say, teach us how to host that. Teach us how to host the atmosphere of your presence in such a way that you move beyond our understanding even. Church, we have to understand that holiness is a key to seeing God move. It's setting ourselves apart for his good pleasure. Let me read you this verse. It's such a good verse. Psalm 24 says, Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in idols or swear by false God. They will receive a blessing from the Lord and vindication from God, their Saviour. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. The question I have this morning, church, is are we going to be that generation? who seek him with all our hearts. <coughs> Are we going to be the generation who steps out of our comfort zones? Are we going to be the ones that aren't afraid to get a bit messy and a bit humble and a bit desperate for the sake of the multitudes yet to come? for the thousands of uni students we have right now who don't yet know Christ and are trying to find their purpose, who's going to take the fire to them? 
for the thousands in nursing homes right now who are lonely? Who's going to take the fire to them? To those who are broken, who's going to take the fire? Who's going to say yes beyond comfort? Who's going to have faith beyond what they can see? We must turn our affection to him. We must allow his voice to be the loudest voice in our lives. When we start to let this happen, we start to see more miracles happen because we are overflows of his presence. The great vision of God in this church is that we are a place of the tangible presence of God, that people would walk into this place and beyond words have heart explosions. That the presence of God will be so strong on this property that people through the week can come and sit in the car park and get healed because the presence of God is so strong that we wouldn't just be a church known for our words but for the fruit of the gospel. But how do we get there? In conclusion, we commit to a personal revival. How do you do that? Very simple. Lord, I want a personal revival. Lord, I ask for a personal revival. Lord, I humble my heart and I ask for a personal encounter revival. Whatever that means, I want it. And God says, yes. And God says, I won't just meet you at your prayer, I will supersede you at your prayer. There is an open door there is an open door to an encounter with the Father that nobody in this church has yet encountered. Big statement. There is an open door from the heart of the Father this morning saying, I invite you in. I invite you into a place of personal revival, personal fire, personal consuming. I invite you into a place of such deep intimacy that you will completely lose yourself and yet discover yourself. This morning, it's a weird Vision Sunday because usually Vision Sundays are about going out, going out, going out. This morning, I'm saying you need to in your heart go in. Because the overflow of that will be going out. And so, senior pastor-wise, we are leading the charge in this. Every day of my prayer is the same. Lord, I want a personal revival. Lord, I need your help. Lord, I humble my heart. Lord, teach me as a student. And then when I get attitude or stress or, or something goes on, I go, Lord, I need you to deal with that. I want to be holy as you are. Lord, deal with that. Why am I worried about that? Why am I stressing about that? What's going on? And it's like the Lord says, okay, I'll deal with that now. So I'm being ferocious with my own heart for the sake of I want to be close to him. Last example. 
if the Holy Spirit came as a dove, the Bible says, and rested upon Jesus. Now you imagine this morning if the Holy Spirit came upon you like a dove and landed on your shoulder and you wanted to keep the Holy Spirit, the dove, on your shoulder. Who knows that how you walk, how you talk, how you move will start being dictated to by not losing the bird off your shoulder. The dove still, yep. And you start to move in tune and with the awareness of the Holy Spirit, it changes how you act. It changes how you think. It changes how you, there's no more frantic. You have to be peaceful. You have to be stable. You have to be planted. You have to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. And that's what I'm encouraging us to be this year. You heard it on the video that this year would not be a year of busyness, but a year of accuracy. It won't be a year of, we're going to do all these things and all these people need this and all this. Let's start with, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? And you're going to see this year us just taking time to say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? What are you saying for this moment? In our connect groups, we're going to be saying, training our leaders, making room more for the Holy Spirit. What are you saying? In our services. Because one word from him is enough to part the Red Sea. One word from him is enough to multiply the fish and the loaves or to heal the leper. All the power, all the stuff we're talking about, all the presence and people coming and, and being in this place, it all comes back to one person, the Holy Spirit. So this will be a year of knowing the Holy Spirit, of being led by the Holy Spirit, of being in tune with the Holy Spirit. My own team will tell you there's been times I will stop mid-sentence and I'll say, I'm sorry, that's the wrong wording, and I'll reword it because the Holy Spirit's like, no, nah, that's not actually what I'm trying to say. And I can sense it. I want to be accurate this year. I am sick of noise. Anyone else? I'm just sick of noise. I just don't need more noise. I need you, Holy Spirit. So please come and be the center of this church. Heal the people, touch the hearts and bring in the broken. And this is the last thing. The ultimate picture I have is that right there, I've got Kayla, I've got Dot in the middle, there's two seats, is that somebody, one Sunday, well, the Holy Spirit brings them in, they hear about what's happening, whatever, they sit there, sit next to Kayla, and Kayla goes, hey, how are you going? I'm all right. And they start welling up because the Holy Spirit starts just to touch their hearts. And Kayla's thinking, what do I do? Do I get tissues right now? Do I pray for them? But then she says, Holy Spirit, what do I do? Holy Spirit says, start to speak in tongues a bit. Start to pray a bit. And somebody is sitting here, whether it's for one Sunday or they're here forever, 
and they are encountering a fresh anointing touch. Little did that person know that in Kayla's quiet time, personal revival is breaking out. She's getting overwhelmed by God in her own time. Driving that car to work, studying for uni. She's like, Holy Spirit, I've got to study. I'll get in touch by you. I just need... And God's just doing what he does, personal revival. And it overflows to those around us. Why don't we stand to our feet? Thank you, Lord. Now, in this moment, I don't think we need to come before God with big words or extravagance. I just think we need to come before Him with a realness and a sincerity. that we would say yes to the anointing of God upon this place. And we would say yes to a personal revival in our hearts. And if that's you, just you want that personal revival, why don't you just lift your hands to heaven as a sign of surrender. Yes, Lord. If you can speak in tongues, why don't you start to speak just in the language of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. We invite you, Holy Spirit. We invite you to come. We invite you to come, Lord. We invite you, Holy Spirit. And just in your own time, just, just invite him into your heart for a personal revival this year. If you need to repent, if you need to humble your heart, now's the time. Come to him as students this morning. Lord, teach us as students to host your presence. Yes, Lord, teach us, Holy Spirit. We humble our hearts. Just keep praying, keep praying. This is, keep speaking in tongues if you want. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord, let's take a moment, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 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 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you, Lord. I just want to take a moment, just while we're praying. I'm not going to get you to put your hand up, but just, if you know you need to repent right now of things in your heart and your life, just take the time. Those who may ascend the hill of the Lord are those with clean hands and a pure heart. So if there's any uh, lack of cleanliness, just ask him to purify your hearts afresh. Purify your hands afresh. Let's just humble our hearts this morning. Let's humble our hearts from any sin, any known sin, any unknown sin. Lord, create in our hearts pure hearts this morning. Pure hearts of righteousness in this place. Lord, in our minds where we've stressed and we've feared, we repent and we say, Lord, we trust you. Lord, in our spirits where we've been anxious, we say we repent and we trust you. Lord, any type of uh, addictions this morning, I just break them in Jesus' name. And Lord, we say we just give them to you. Any unforgiveness, if you know you have this morning unforgiveness in your heart, be ruthless with that weed. Get that weed out of your heart and just forgive. Just forgive. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Any disappointment, let it go. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Why don't we close our eyes? Let's just pray a prayer of commitment this morning to do with just this message. Let's just, why don't you repeat this prayer with me? Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the call of revival. And we say yes and amen. We say yes and amen. Pour out your fire. Pour out your presence upon this church. And we ask for personal revival in our own hearts. And we commit to seeking that this year and beyond. A personal revival in each of our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Who feels blessed this morning? I feel blessed. Hey, guys, we love you. Thank you so much, by the way, for all the love cards, meals, for our newborn. Uh, that's, I was going to say that. I forgot to say that. But hey, we love you, church. Have a great Sunday. Um, know that we're praying for you every week. And let's be that revival church. Amen. Personal revivalists in Jesus' name. Be blessed. Be blessed. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.